On this episode of Mike Drop Dallas, we're talking soccer. We've got two great guests, Gabe Gabor, talking about the Mex tour and the impact of Lionel Messi, and journalist John Arnold talking about FC Dallas World Cup 2026, sustaining the impact of Messi into and beyond 2026, and much more. We get into SMU joining the ACC. Thanks for joining us. It's season four, episode one. Let's drop the mic and let's go. Welcome to Mike Drop Dallas, everybody, the official podcast of the Dallas Sports Commission. Kevin Sullivan here, along with Dallas Sports Commission Executive Director Monica Paul, the award-winning Monica Paul, by the way, who just won a very important leadership award in Dallas. More to come on that. Uh, and our honor producer, Next Level Marcus Carr. Monica, we're back with season four after a bit of a summer break. Did you? We're going to be talking soccer on this episode. Before we get to that, hopefully you had a nice little break. I know you never stopped working. But, but before we get into soccer and all the things that are happening there with World Cup and, and more, what else is going on at the Dallas Sports Commission these days? Well, Sully, we have a very exciting fall coming up. Uh, obviously, Mex Tour coming up this weekend, but then we go into USA Pickleball National Championship. Should be the largest pickleball event to date. So really excited to host that. This will be our first time, but really looking to expand that and make that long term. Uh, we've got World Football Championship. Uh, World Food Championships, excuse me, and then um, obviously a lot of bowl games, but can't be more excited that uh, college football is back. We've got our Cowboys playing this weekend, um, NCAA Men's Regionals. We'll have tickets going on sale this fall, so uh, a lot in the hopper for us and hopefully a few upcoming announcements uh, that'll happen this season during the mic drop. When, Monica, are we ever going to know about the match schedule for the 2026 FIFA World Cup? Come on. Well, Sully, in the fall, in the fall. it's a. Uh, we were hoping September, but looking like that's going to be pushed off to October, November. Um, so everyone should know who's hosting the opening matches, who's hosting the final, and how many matches. Uh, hopefully by the end of the year is what uh, we're talking about. But a lot of stuff going on on the World Cup side of things. Uh, more in the planning, a lot of safety, security, transportation system planning, sustainability, human rights. Uh, so excited to get the process moving. But it is the the one question that everyone's uh, really itching to to find the answers to. Well, I know we'll get there. And I know you're going to steer it across the uh, finish line in in a big way. We always have, you know, we focus a lot on sports business here and what's going on in sports in general and and in our in North Texas and in Dallas specifically. We had a big mic drop moment uh, last week when uh, Jordan Spieth was named to the Ryder Cup team out of PGA Frisco, joining world number one, also from Dallas, Scotty Scheffler. What uh, what what is what's a recent mic drop Dallas moment for you? Well, I have to say, SMU going to the ACC, I. I had a chance to reach out to Rick Hart and the athletic department on Friday, and uh, they're just uh, ecstatic. And it really opens up a lot of opportunities for us at the Sports Commission as well. Not that we didn't have opportunities beforehand to partner with SMU because they're great partners of ours, but uh, with the rapidly changing landscape in college athletics, it opens up different uh, conference championships for us kind of across the board. So if you look at the ACC and uh, where they're 
universities are going to be based now both on both on the east and west coast. Uh, we feel like Dallas is a great uh, uh, opportunity and a location to meet right there in the middle. Yeah, way to go, Rick Hart, friend of the podcast, and of course, SMU president, Dr. Gerald Turner. Uh, one other one, kind of hot off the press, is breaking news, uh, Monica, here on Mike Drop Dallas. Uh, the AT&T Byron Nelson has a new corporate sponsor. Congratulations to our friend John Drago out there. It's the CJ Group, which is a South Korean-based uh, lifestyle uh, brand and company. It'll be known as the CJ Cup Byron Nelson, a 10-year deal. This is a nice piece of business for them as AT&T slid out. Um, but to his credit, John and the team at the Salesmanship Club insisted that the name Byron Nelson remain part of the of the of the uh, the, the title sponsorship for the Byron Nelson. So so uh, so way to go there. So much happened, in Monica. The Rangers battling, clinging to the playoffs. We're, we're, we know they're going to make it. Uh, college football underway. Cowboys wings. FC Dallas Stars and Mavericks camps opening in a few weeks. Uh, Big Twelve realignment. We have a NASCAR playoff race headed our way in a couple of weeks at Texas Motor Speedway. We'll be talking about lots of that and upcoming editions of Mike Drop Dallas. Uh, and of course, in all the exciting events that you bring to the region, like the World Food Championships, big, big fan. Uh, so lots to come on season four of Mike Drop Dallas. Back in a moment to talk with Gabriel Gabor about the Mex Tour, which is coming to town this weekend. And maybe even a little Lionel Messi, because I hear that they're, uh, they're uh, acquainted. But first, over to Rachel with a word from one of our sponsors. Get ready, sports fans. This fall is stacked with events right here in the Big D. From food sport to football, the number one sports business city has something for everyone. Head to dallasports.org to sign up for access to exclusive ticket announcements, discounts, and pre-sales to be part of the next big win. All right. Thanks, Rachel. The 2023 CONCACAF Gold Cup champion Mexican men's national team will play four matches in the United States this fall as part of the 20th anniversary of the Max Tour. And of course... They selected Dallas as for, for one of those matches out at AT&T Stadium. They're playing Australia uh, on September 9th. We're happy to be joined by Mex Tour media officer Gabriel Gabor. Now, Gabe, Gabriel is originally from Argentina. We'll see if that's where the Messi connection uh, comes in. And that's M-E-S-S-I, not M-E-S-S-Y. There may be some Messi connections that way, too. You never know. Uh, uh, Gabriel moved to Miami to start his career in sports com communications Monica knows I love having a fellow sports communications person on. Uh, Gabriel's been in the sports industry for 25 years, 15 of those as the Mex Tour Media Officer. He also represents MLS and international communications. Welcome, Gabriel, to Mike Drop Dallas. Thanks for making some time for us. Hey, Kev. Thank you so much. Hi, Monica. It's it's good to be on with uh, two legends in the biz, you know, <laughs> Monica and Dallas, and then Kev, of course, uh, one of the great uh, sports communicators in the business. Uh, oh, I love this guy, Monica. Way a fellow, to go. A fellow media trainer. You know, we uh, I got a lot of inspiration when he presented to us at an MLS uh, PR director's meeting. Uh, so it's, uh, it's great. That was a few years ago. Thank you so much for the kind words. I really appreciate it, Gabriel. Pleasure. Now, Gabe, uh, we had to tee Sully up like this. This is the first episode of season four uh that we're starting back so now you've got given him a big head now uh, and, uh who, he's who already got a pretty big head i don't know if he's <laughs> true it's very true <laughs> all right gabe well let's get back to business here so great to see you uh very much looking forward to seeing you back here in dallas uh saturday we're kicking off 
the 20th anniversary of Mex Tour uh, here at AT&T Stadium. Then you hear, hit, head to Atlanta, Charlotte, and uh, Philadelphia, I believe. Uh, Australia, big op opponent, but, uh, you know, we're, we're uh, home to the Mexican national team here in Dallas. How important is the Dallas market to the Mex Tour and this, uh, the overall success of uh, what the Mex Tour is? Well, it's as important as it gets. It's the only city in the country where we have a permanent uh, home. We're in the middle of, uh, we're in the second year of a four-year deal leading up to the 2026 World Cup. And we came off a four-year deal and it's the only city in the country where uh, you could call it, uh, it's almost like a Vegas residency, you would say, you know, for for a entertainer, then uh, Dallas is our Vegas residency. We're there every year on a regular basis. We love it. It has great facilities, uh, hotel facilities, great training facilities, not to mention uh, what I, I still think it's the best uh, stadium in the world. That's just maybe I, I'm a little biased because, you know, one of our games uh, helped open the stadium. Uh, maybe I'm a little biased because we have such a good relationship with you guys and the Cowboys. Uh, but we love coming there. The team loves coming there. Uh, and it's uh, it's not not only is it great, but it's a model relationship that that a lot of sports entities hope to copy because we really have a, a great marriage with uh, with that market. I hope that production team is listening here and pulling some of these quotes, Gabe. I don't think anyone could have said it any better uh, in terms of uh, what we look for and uh, knowing that Dallas is uh, the residency. I kind of like it. Dallas is the residency for sports events where Las Vegas can have the the entertainers and the and the concerts. I'll take sports uh, all day. You guys, you guys can be both. You you definitely yeah. have facilities to do amazing concerts and uh, what you have. And uh, other events, you know, it's a, it's a big time city and a big time state and a big time country. So, Gabe, um, we know Dallas has a, a huge soccer fan base, has really expanded and grown uh, over the past 14 years, 10 years, especially where we've really had a focus on soccer, bringing more soccer to the to the market. We know we have a great youth fan base. Uh, but what type of atmosphere should fans expect? Uh, you know, Mexico was already here for the CONCACAF Gold Cup. Mexico's experienced some changes uh, th this season. Um, but what should fans uh, expect uh, against Australia on Saturday? Well, I think fans should expect, uh, and we should ex expect from the fans, what we always get in the Dallas area, which is a lot of passion, a large crowd. And it's important to underscore that when folks come to the game in Dallas, it's 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 not um, a local event. It's not a regional event. It's really a national international event. We know for a fact that people buy tickets from 30 different states around the country. Folks drive in all day. Then they do their tailgating, which is a very American thing, which is a lovely fusion of cultures. And then they come to the match. So you definitely um, are expecting the best of the best when it comes to uh, entertainment. Of course, we have the AT&T football fiesta beforehand, which is 120,000 square feet of festivals where you have legends signing uh, autographs and appearances and live music. And sometimes you have wrestlers and everything that makes the Mexican culture fantastic. You know, taquitos. I just came from Mexico, had great little taquitos. Um, so all those things make it sort of a mini Super Bowl. You know, every one of these Mexican matches, and especially in Dallas, it's so big, are like little mini Super Bowls. And then we got a great rival in Australia, four-time World Cup participant, a uh, great team that's going to give uh, Mexico and their new head coach excellent competition as they uh, 
as they prepare for 2026. And I say 2026 because as a host nation, just like the U.S., they don't have to qualify. So it's very important that they play uh, these matches against top competition. And that's definitely what Australia is. So the Mexican national team has to be, uh, uh, and their federation has to be very excited for 2026. You mentioned they are a host country as well. This will be an unprecedented third time uh, that Mexico has has hosted World Cup matches uh, coming up in 2026. Um, in in your discussions with the federation or with the team, how how big of a deal is that? Is that on their mind, or are they more just focused on let's focus on the pitch and our performance, uh, or or do the do the two mesh? It's it's a combination of the two. It depends who you ask. If you ask the the guys on the team, the technical guys, the coach, it's all about performance and getting ready uh, for 2026 and um, being the best club they could be. But there's all, always commercial implications. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, we come back to Dallas every year. It's like I said at the beginning, it's such a great market for the Mexican uh, national team and for really for any um, uh, national team or sports entity that wants to come into town because you can offer some of the best facilities in the world, starting with AT&T Stadium, which is uh, an absolute favorite of mine. And, you know, they're, they're fantastic, not just because of the building's fantastic, but also the people that work there that make it so easy to put on such a great event. Let's talk a little MLS, uh, Gabe. Uh, FC Dallas is hanging in there. But, of course, the big story is the arrival of Lionel Messi, which has been nothing short of incredible. We saw the other night in the out in Los Angeles, Leonardo DiCaprio's at the game, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry uh, are at the game, uh, all kinds of celebrities, uh, Clayton Kershaw, Mookie Betts, other sports stars were there. Uh, tell us first, let's tell us about your history uh, with, with Messi. Uh, I personally have enjoyed a, a great history with him from a professional point of view. One of the beautiful things about working with Soccer United Marketing, which is the sister uh, company or the commercial arm of Major League Soccer is that I get to work on the MLS side, just like you would for any other sports league in the US. But I also get to work on the international events. And over the years, just like we operate the Mexican uh, national team tour, the Mex tour, uh, we've operated Barcelona tours, we've operated um, Argentina national team games, et cetera. So I've personally, uh, the first time I got to work with him was in the 2006 Barcelona tour. Or he, he was only 19 years old, a young guy, but you could already tell that he was becoming something very special. So I got to work with him and interact with him a lot. Then the next opportunity was 2008, 2009, when he was already a bigger star. And we did uh, one of our patented uh, PR photo ops where we took him to the roof, the roof of the Space Needle in Seattle to promote the game against the Sounders. And we got footage with a helicopter of him juggling the ball uh, on top of the Space Needle. And this is back at, at the infancy or right before social media exploded. So really the only social media was YouTube and it got a million hits at the time, which was a huge deal. Um, and, and besides that, I've worked with them on promotional events. Uh, when, when Argentina plays Mexico, for example, here in Dallas, we've done it. Um, and it was a huge deal. I remember him training with the team at SMU. Uh, and now I've gotten to work five of his games. I was lucky enough to be the media officer for four Leagues Cup games that he was in, including the final. So I guess that would make it five, sorry. And um, it's, uh, it's unlike anything I've seen before. I lived here through the Beckham era, and that was huge. When he came, I remember I was at 
Um, back then it was called the Home Depot Center in Los Angeles. Now it's called Dignity Health. And I was there and I remember the announcement day and helicopters flying overhead. And I said, okay, this is it. They can't get any bigger than this. And let's not forget that David Beckham was um, uh, an icon that transcended soccer. He was really a, a, a you know, a, a, an icon that everybody knew, not just soccer fans. But with Leo Messi, you have the defending World Cup champion and possibly, if not the, one of the top, two or three best players in the world. And here he is lined up in Major League Soccer, lined up um, for Inner Miami, which by the way is where I am based. So I don't have to tell you the amount of phone calls I have gotten since he was <laughs> announced being the MLS guy based in Miami, the only one. Um, but it's been beyond, I think, anyone's expectations. We've had great players come in before, but you'd never know if they have that mentality um, that you need for MLS. It's a different type of league. It's physical. You got to get used to the travel, great distances, uh, very different than other leagues. And and Leo Messi seems to have come in with the right mentality, the right point of view. You see a smile on his face, and that has led to incredible performances on the field, which you got to see firsthand there in uh, Dallas when he was playing FC Dallas and um, in the League's Cup. Just a, a, a two-parter for me before I hand it back to Monica. Number one, we rarely see whether it's a new movie coming out or a new sports star where the hype is matched by the performance. Uh, that clearly has been the case here. Number one, does that surprise you? And number two, he he said upon arrival, and I know he was cut in on the Apple deal, but he is he's doing media. Like he really has been accessible. And he said the MLS is is joining the ranks of the best leagues in the world. So what what about you know he has exceeded the hype, but also does his arrival push the push Major League Soccer to another to another level? I think so. And and the best way I can answer that question is the fact that I just came back from meetings in Mexico City, Mexico City, and I see folks walking around the the Central Square there, the Zócalo, and I saw folks wearing Messi jerseys uh, with the pink Inner Miami color. And I was in Kansas City for Leagues Cup. And there were folks wearing messy jerseys with the you know with the with the pink that really sticks out. And I was in Houston and I saw the same thing. Um, the bottom line is that slowly but surely that that pink messy jersey is kind of overtaken what at one point maybe the Barcelona jersey was that you literally saw it everywhere. And even though you have your you know you're a fan of your home team, you also want to put on that messy jersey. That has never happened. You know that that anywhere I travel, I see those pink inner Miami jerseys. So it fills you up with incredible pride that that the league is celebrated like that across the world. And I do think that we continue on the path to becoming one of the top leagues in the world, which doesn't just doesn't just mean competition on the field, but it also means. Uh, the value of the clubs, uh, television deal, uh, uh, training sites, academies, everything that goes around uh, being just a soccer club. And I think uh, when you take uh, when you take Major League Soccer as a whole, it already is among the top leagues in the world. But it's on its way to becoming uh, one of those leagues that we talk about as the as an elite league. This is a time. First of all, uh, MLS, speaking of sports communications professionals, Dan Kordemach, one of the all-time greats, and he's done a fantastic job with all this. But since you and Monica go back, this is our chance to congratulate her on the on the DCEO magazine 
Excellence in Leadership Award in the mid-size category. We always talk about Monica being the hardest working executive in sports, business, entertainment, you name it. And it was really nice to see her get that recognition. She's blessing, blushing. She's going to tell Marcus to edit this out. Uh, but it, it no, really- No, 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 it, don't edit this out. This, this has to stay in. She is the hardest. I know for a fact, the last time I was in Dallas, I don't know what event there was, but it was early. We're setting up and there was Monica. And I literally said to her, Monica, aren't you too senior to be here this early? And she's like, I'm a hands-on person. So no, congratulations to her for sure. Well, thank you both. Uh, yes, you did make me blush. You made my ears turn a little bit red, I believe, uh, because I'm not very fond of uh, talking about myself, but it was a great honor and a big surprise. So uh, I do thank you for that. But uh, Gabe, before we, uh, you know, let you go here, um, I got, I guess, two additional questions for you. One being, you know, that or United States hosted the World Cup in 1994. Uh, and out of that was born the MLS for, for the most part. And now to hear you talk about where the MLS is and, uh, you know, where it's it's going or has the potential to go. What do you think, I guess, the lasting legacy could be uh, coming out of 2026 for the growth of soccer here in the United States? Where, I mean, Messi has done a fantastic, for, you know, will continue to grow over these next three years. But what's what's next? You know, a lot of folks say that the 2026 World Cup is going to be like rocket fuel for soccer in this country. Um I'm one of those people that will tell you that I am not 100% sure um, that I even can imagine what's going to happen after the 2026 World Cup because, you know, it's growing to 48 teams, which is unprecedented, uh, more stadiums than ever. And from here to 2026, we have a great ramp up to that World Cup with folks like Messi and Jordi Alba and um, Busquets, which, by the way, are all in Miami. Um, but other players are going to come on board. And, and hopefully th that ramp will be will be pushing the league up that ramp as, as hard as possible. When you get to 2026, it really will be like rocket fuel. Um, it's going to be wonder. It's going to do wonders for all the markets that will be hosts. I mean, I, I'm in uh, when I'm in Dallas and I'm in the AT&T district there. I can't even imagine what that area is going to be like uh, for fans, you know, before they head out to the stadium. It's going to be spectacular and how fans are going to leave after that 2026 experience with this hunger for more. So I think it could only fit, uh, I could only benefit amazing cities like the Dallas and greater Dallas area, but clubs like FC Dallas. And hopefully the lasting legacy is that the same guys that you see on the pitch, you'll want to go see play for your local club team. And uh, it'll, it'll make more people fans of our local club teams like FC Dallas, which, by the way, has a fantastic facility in Frisco. Uh, and it's a lot of fun to go to those games. No need to wait to 2026. Head out to Frisco now to see the matches. Well, I can definitely tell you there's a lot of excitement around the World Cup and growth. And people who have never even watched soccer uh, are interested in it now due to the World Cup and um, them being on our, our committees or 
just kind of in the know, wanting to be in the know of what is this World Cup and, and what does this mean? So all I can promise you, Monica, is that from here to 2026, you're going to find out about cousins you never knew you had because they're all going to oh. call for tickets. Oh, I already have a, I think I've already set up a hotline for that, Gabe, uh, another number so they don't go to, directly to my cell phone and my office number. Um, so, Gabe, I've started uh, back teaching uh, this year uh, over at SMU, an introductory course, Contemporary Issues in Sports Management. I've had two classes, and I have to say that this may be my best class yet uh, in terms of the students that are in there. I was uh, very, very surprised when I walked in the first day, and there's probably 60% uh, females in the class, whereas my first time teaching uh, out of 50 plus kids, I had six females. So I'm I'm very excited about that part. But just even what they're bringing to the table is pretty exciting. Uh, so I always ask people in the sports business, what advice would you give to those students who are entertaining being in uh, getting in the sports business? Uh, and by the way, I have a lot of communications and broadcast future broadcasters uh, out there in, in my class. I think the best advice I could give, and, and I, I'm fortunate I get asked to lecture at schools, uh, at colleges all the time, and I get that question a lot. And for me, the number one thing is you have to intern somewhere. And if you can't intern, go volunteer. Volunteer on game day, um, intern for an organization, because people tend to hire people they know and like. Uh, so if you're competing with someone that hasn't interned, that hasn't volunteered, uh, you're going to be behind them, plain and simple. It's... Uh, I know that in my case, uh, usually when we do a game like in Dallas, we'll bring in 20 to 30 volunteers just to run game day media operations and comms. And out of those folks, I'm so proud to say that I've seen folks go from game day volunteers handing out credentials to running the final of the Gold Cup. It's happened. Uh, a lot of talent here in Dallas. So many passionate people. If you speak Spanish, it's another incredible advantage. You'd be surprised how hard it is to find great communicators who are bilingual, fully bilingual, fully bicultural, which is very important. You got to be just as comfortable watching Sports Center as you are Contacto Deportivo on um, on Univision, and um, and have that passion for the sport. So if you already have that, you have an incredible leg up, and uh, just keep fighting. It will come. There's lots of sports jobs, not just uh, in soccer, but in other pro sports and college sports, uh, and so on. The, there's endless opportunities. But go out there and volunteer on game days, uh, do an internship. That's the best path forward. Well, Gabe, so great to have you with us here on Mike Drop Dallas, uh, especially kicking off our our first episode of season four. I can't wait to see you out at uh, AT&T Stadium on Saturday and uh, looking forward to a great match. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the invitation. And I'll uh, I'll just end by saying love going to Dallas. You know, I know it's at least once a year. I brought my family last year because it's such a great place to visit. And thank you for the incredible job you do. And thanks for Kev, one of the pioneers in sports comms. And it's a real honor to be on with both of you. You're very kind. Thanks, Gabe. Take great care, great having you on. Bye. Bye. And now over to Rachel for a word from one of our sponsors. All right, Dallas. Don't miss the opportunity to enjoy an evening of fitness and fun alongside your coworkers and the corporate community. The JP Morgan Corporate Challenge is one part run and one part party. This 3.5-mile road race is open to all companies in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Learn more at jpmorganchasecc.com. That's jpmorganchasecc.com. Thanks, Rachel. And now we're happy to bring back soccer journalist John Arnold for a second visit to Mike Drop Dallas. He joined us way back on episode 49. And let me tell you, 
Monica, we're in for some Steve Davis quality soccer conversation, some Mark Followell level soccer conversation. We had a blast with John last time. One of my favorite parts, John, was every time I mentioned get CONCACAF, Monica cracked up. That is, of course, your Substack newsletter. We recommend everybody subscribe to that. John is a smart guy, fun to listen to. You can follow him on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Arnold, John, J-O-N, all spelled out. Welcome back to Mike Drop Dallas, John. Great to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's funny. A lot has a lot has changed since that last time, but certainly as far as the things coming to Dallas, the things happening in Dallas, it's only getting more exciting. It's only growing. So uh, glad to be here to chat with you all. Well, thank you for being here. Before we get to the Mex Tour match uh, on Saturday, give us your take on the, the Messi phenomenon with Inter-Miami. We had another you know, inflection point in Los Angeles the other night. Uh, has this exceeded your expectations? Where do you put the uh, the messy phenomenon? Yeah, it absolutely has exceeded my expectations. You know, obviously, um, you've seen Lionel Messi. I, I, you know, you know what he means to the sport. Seeing him come to Major League Soccer after winning the World Cup, you knew was going to be something that's important. But I, I was able to follow him around with the League's Cup, the tournament he played in, the midseason tournament that MLS and Liga MX are doing combined. I was at almost every single one of his games. You know, I think I knew that we were going to see the fan reaction, the market, you know, respond. Everyone go to the games, the tickets be sold out, people, you know, loving Messi with signs and buying jerseys. What I was surprised to see was how well it worked on the field as quickly as it did. You know, I certainly wasn't betting against Lionel Messi long-term or medium-term, but the fact that he showed up and was as good as he was, as quickly as he was, with Miami winning League's Cup, potentially winning a second trophy as they have the Open Cup final, and I think they even might make the MLS playoffs, which looked like it would have been an absolute impossibility uh, before his arrival. They were sitting in last place in the conference. Just what he's been able to do on the field, to me, is what I think is the most impressive. You know, I we all work in the sports business. We kind of, you know, knew that it's going to be pretty easy to market these games, to get sellouts. Um, but you can do that and still have the player not live up to his expectations or live up to the billing or take some time to get adapted. That's totally normal. But Messi is not normal. He hasn't needed that adaptation period. and It's been a joy to watch. We asked Gabe uh, in our previous conversation what this does for MLS. Of course, Messi brought a few of his buddies with him. Do you think there'll be now an influx of other stars when they see the marketing power and how the Apple deal has worked out? What do you think this does for MLS going forward? It's interesting. I think that it certainly will give a little bit of a boost right now. You know, what I think MLS really needs to do, and, and those of us who work in the game, you know, myself just covering, it's not my responsibility, I wouldn't say, but the league and other people, I think that the responsibility is to sort of make sure that that momentum continues. That it's not a sugar rush to think crashes when Messi and Busquets make their way from the league. So uh, I think one way to do that would be attracting more of these top players. It's very interesting to watch the Saudi Premier League attract some big name stars, players who I think had MLS interests that opted to go that route for whatever reason. So that's going to be a level of competition. I think that Mexico and South America are going to try and strike back and become kind of the top attraction in the Americas. Uh, 
Um, so how MLS fends off those challenges and continues to, to try and reach its goal of becoming a, a league of choice, they call it, where players want to come, where fans want to watch the games instead of watching a Premier League game or instead of watching a game for another league. Uh, I, I think capitalizing on the interest and in that that quick boost that the league got from Messi, Busquets, from Jordi Alba, and even some of the younger players in Miami have brought in uh, that have a lot of attention around them that are playing really well. Uh, to me, that's what the league has to do to make sure this is a sustained thing and that the growth we see in the short term becomes something that we're enjoying when the World Cup is here in 2026 and after that. So, John, before we get to next uh, tour, can you break down the FC Dallas season and what we might expect uh, the rest of the way? It's been an interesting year for FCD, right? I think there have been certainly some ups and there have been some downs. You know, certainly early in the season, it looked like the team was extremely dependent on Jesus Ferreira, a homegrown guy, a guy who we've all watched for a long time. Some of us are old enough to have watched his dad, David, win the MLS MVP. Uh, so it was really exciting in some ways, but also a bit concerning that the team was having to lean on him as hard as he was, as, as it was. Uh, he went to the Gold Cup with the United States, so FCD missed him for a bit there. Then he was uh, sick the last couple of weeks, so FCD missed him some there. And, and you really see when he's not on the field the difference. Um, but I think that absence has caused some players like Adam Velasco, who just got a call up to the Argentina senior national team. He'll probably play with the U23s as they prepare for Olympic qualification, but he's in that full roster. He's going to train against Lionel Messi. He's going to train against the guys who won the World Cup. So that's exciting. Uh, and some of the defensive players who I think are kind of coming to their own, you know, the standard at FC Dallas has always been to make the playoffs and sort of see what happens. And I think in the past, we've seen FCD maybe peak too early or be good for sustained amounts of time at the wrong time of the season. They'll start off really hot and then fade. So I think FCD and manager Nico Estevez have an exciting opportunity uh, to get hot at the right time to put together a couple wins uh, here as the playoff push starts, maybe increase their seeding, get that postseason spot and, and maybe make a little run. I think it's going to be a really compelling into the season because everyone else is trying to kind of do the same to arrive at the in the playoffs with the right momentum to arrive in good form. So uh, I think fans should definitely think that they have a team that can contend for things that can win trophies uh, that can make the playoffs and that can do something exciting. Um, but it's not a guarantee, you know, like when you look at some of the other teams around the league. So in, in some ways, maybe you'd rather have a, a steamrolling team that's already in first place. Uh, but there's more drama certainly around the team, I think, as they as they try and get those last playoff places and get the momentum rolling. Well, we'll definitely be tuning in and supporting our friends over at FC Dallas and our, our home team. So, John, next tour, Mexico's taking on uh, Australia. Uh, actually, a, a, a match uh, we weren't sure with a busy soccer schedule this year was going to was going to take place. So excited to be welcoming the Mexican national team back to Dallas. What uh, they have met in over 20 years, what uh, should fans expect? Well, I think when you look at these games, you know, for Mexico, they're they're coming off of winning the Gold Cup and they're in this transitional moment. Mexico didn't know if the manager that if had hired as interim manager during the Gold Cup, Jaime Lozano, you might hear us call him Jimmy Lozano. Uh, we didn't know what he would, would do long term. They win the Gold Cup. And even then, the Mexican Federation, which has new leadership, said, oh, we'll see. We're going to see and, and decide if this is really the best option for us. They have hired Jimmy Lozano and his staff long term. And I think it's a, a move that really injects a lot of enthusiasm into this Mexico team and the fan base. 
Jimmy Lozano is a former player. He played for the national team, played for a bunch of different clubs, uh, has had some good success, knows a lot of the Mexico players from an Olympic bronze medal run, which he coached. So I think you're going to see kind of this youth movement as Mexico starts a bit of a new cycle and really looks toward that 2026 World Cup. I wrote in the newsletter just today, actually, that there's a lot of pressure on, on managers in North America to have great tournaments in 2026 but you don't just flip a switch and have that start in international soccer the game is set up so there's you know only two games every month or so and even that is kind of more than than a lot of international managers get so that momentum that build up toward 2026 really starts here at AT&T Stadium with Mexico playing Australia Australia team that's also trying to kickstart a bit. They have their version of the Continental Cup in a couple months, uh, their version of the Gold Cup. So uh, they're going to be getting prepared for that. And I think, uh, you know, there's there's some generational change as well after the World Cup. But ultimately, you're looking at two teams that I think are trying to to learn about themselves, to kind of figure out, hey, who is really going to be in this roster long term and who's not? And uh, I think that always makes for compelling games because the players know, hey, they really have to put in their best shift. And, and you get some guys who maybe haven't worn the national team jersey all that often or maybe ever at all. Uh, so that always adds an extra bit of, of, uh, of inspiration for those players. Well, with that youth movement that you're talking about, John, with the Mexican national team, who are some players that fans should should watch out for Saturday night against Australia that may figure in the conversation uh, less than three years from now uh, for the uh, for the World Cup. Uh, they don't have to qualify as a host country. Uh, so who, who 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 might we see on the pitch in 2026? That'll be yeah. I'm really hoping that Santi Jimenez makes it. He picked up a little bit of a knock, so I'm not 100 percent sure, but he's an exciting forward. Uh, who came through Cruz Azul, one of the four traditional big clubs in Mexico City. Um, so he came through that system and now plays in the Netherlands. He won a title in the Dutch League with Feyenoord, a big club over there. Uh, he actually didn't make the 2022 World Cup roster, even though he was in contention, had a few games. Actually, in Texas, uh, he played at Q2 Stadium, had a fantastic game that I thought would maybe launch him into that World Cup roster, but it didn't happen. So he's definitely hungry uh, at age 22 to make his first World Cup roster. I think he's sort of the new face of the Mexico national team attack in a lot of ways. So fans, I think, are going to be really hoping that he is uh, fit and ready to go for that game. He's a player who I think is going to be a big difference maker that, that's very young. Uh, Mexico's also got a lot of young players at the back, uh, looking at a center back like Johan Vasquez, uh, who I think is, has maybe not gotten enough run uh, with the national team. Previous managers haven't rated him as highly as I do when I look at him. So big towering center back. So I, I think he's the kind of player who, when you have a set piece, he's going to be blasting the ball away and keeping forwards in his pocket. Uh, so that's, that's a player that I would also spotlight. And even a guy that's uh, born in the U.S., like Julian Araujo, uh, came through the LA Galaxy system uh, and made the jump over to Barcelona. He's currently on loan, uh, playing with a smaller team in Spain than Barcelona, but he's in that academy, or is in that system, rather, uh, where Barcelona thinks that one day he might be good enough to start at fullback for them. Uh, he's a fun player to watch and easy to spot on the field. He's usually got his hair dyed pink or something, something kind of crazy. So he should be easy to pick out if you're if you're in AT&T Stadium to see which one he is. Uh, he's only 22 and I think another another player for the future. You know, on the other side, 
He's not a player for the future. He's a player for the present and the past. But Guillermo Ochoa is still rolling strong. Uh, he, I think, is going to be Mexico's top goalkeeper for the next cycle. He's 38 right now. So, you know, yeah. it's not an up-and-coming hope. But if you're, you know, vaguely familiar with the Mexico national team or the advertising around it, the billboards around DFW, every time Mexico comes to town, you'll recognize Guillermo Ochoa. He's still rolling strong and is the leader of this team. I got to tell you, John, we really appreciate you coming out and offering your insights. As someone who is not a lifelong soccer aficionado, I love listening to you talk about the game. You can tell not only are you knowledgeable, but you care and you really and you love the game and you're just a fun guy to listen to. We really appreciate you having having you back. We'll have you on, I'm sure, again as as uh, the FIFA 2026 World Cup draws near. So on behalf of uh, Monica Paul and the Dallas Sports Commission and our on-air producer, Marcus Carr. Thank you to John Arnold for joining us. Don't forget to check him out at Get CONCACAF, his Substack newsletter. Thanks to the, to Gabe Gabor. That was also a fun conversation about the uh, Mex Tour uh, match Saturday at AT&T Stadium. Thanks to our pals at Tony Fay PR and everybody involved with Mike Draft Dallas. Until next time, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>